Go anywhere unless you want to. It's the Ron and Don Show, starring Ron and Don, and sometimes me at ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys, what's going on? Welcome to well, the real estate edition only episode of the Ron and Don Show. We do this every Friday. It's about fifteen minutes. It's one segment, and we talk about something that we're learning in our real estate journey. Either as agents, buyers, investors, that might be helpful for you too. If you're a young agent. Or also, if you are in the market and you're out looking to buy, sell, invest. Don't forget, we sell the sound. So if you need us, let's sit down virtually together. Just go to ronadonsitdown.com. That's ronadonsitdown.com. We get you a buyer's or a player's. Uh, uh, we, we've created these little books that are actually very, very cool. It takes you about 20 minutes, maybe sit down, have a cup of coffee. And then when we chat, you'll be uh, fully informed about a lot of things. Let's talk about this, bringing a home to market right now. And we talked about this a little bit earlier. I gave uh, an example of a neighborhood, uh, in our neighborhood, of a neighbor bringing a home to market that's in the $1.6 to $1.7 million range. They had asked me to come look at their house. Their house is for sale, and now it's not selling. And there's a couple reasons in my mind why why the house is not selling. Uh, Number one, there was an opportunity to add a third bedroom to it. It would have been real easy to do. It just had to be... uh, board it up, paint it up, you run some electrical, you have a third bedroom. And you have to remember, really think about when you're selling your house, don't think about the things that you like. Think about broader appeal, mass appeal. Think about the people that are moving to your neighborhood right now. I had a client today, I was up in Edmonds, and I asked him, I said, who's moving to the neighborhood? And they explained, you know, we're an older couple. Our kids grew up here, but we can see there are three young, young couples that just moved into the neighborhood. And so as we were going through, even even talking about some staging ideas, instead of talking about things that an older couple that are empty nesters like in this particular home, we were thinking about how can we stage this for kids? How could we stage this for a new mom and dad or a new mom and mom or a new dad and dad? You just don't know. But how can we stage this and make this look appealing and have a mass appeal for the people that are moving to the neighborhood and not that the people are moving here now? So in my neighborhood, hey, if you're going to ask $1.6, $1.7 million for a home and you only have two bedrooms, it, it makes the appeal of that particular home a lot smaller. The other thing is, by now, some homes that this this home was actually built in the 40s, and then it was updated. It's been updated twice, but it hasn't been updated in 19 years. It doesn't mean that you have to go in and do a full remodel on a house, but there are things that you should do to modernize the house as far as lighting goes, as far as paint colors that you use, as far as the things that you do with doors, things that you do in the kitchen. It doesn't mean that you have to pull all the cabinets, but maybe you you paint those cabinets. You put new poles on those cabinets. Lighter, wider, brighter right now is very nice. And even when you're staging, sometimes people want to use some of their older furniture. A lot of older furniture is big furniture. It's big, stuffy furniture. It makes furniture, and sometimes it's very nice. Like the home I was in today, they had really big furniture, but it's really nice. We're going to use some of it for the staging, but for some of the other stuff that was making the rooms look 
look real small. We want to make these rooms look real big when we take pictures and, and, we, and we send these pictures out into the world. So spending some time there, spending some time out in the yard, making sure that you've planted flowers, making sure you can even put some cheap lighting out there, right? Some low, uh, some, um, what do they call it? Not low. LED. What's that? LED lights. Uh, yeah, just put some lighting out out in the garden. Make sure that you have fresh dirt and fresh about low voltage. Low voltage, but yeah, that's something that you can actually do on your own. That's very easy to do. So there's lots of things that you can do to make a house look great before you bring that to market. But what people are looking for right now that are moving, especially to the Seattle area and the bedroom communities, they want a house to be done. They want it to be turnkey. They don't mind paying more, but they don't want to come in and thir- put the third bedroom in. So if you have the money to do it and you can afford to do it, uh, that's the, what you want to think about when when you are bringing a home to market. On the other hand, do you put a fourth bedroom in? Let's say it's way down in the basement, and the and the basement, let's say, hasn't been dug out. Maybe not. Maybe you don't spend money in those areas. So it's really important when you talk to your real estate professional that you walk the house, you come up with a plan, and you say, you know what? If I'm going to spend this dollar, is it important that I spend this dollar in in the pricing and in the sale? And will I get this money back? And as Ron always says, it kind of depends. Well, the other thing that's good that people should know in that particular case, let's say those folks were fine with $1.5 million. All right. They said, hey, we, we've we already planned our next chapter. We own this thing free and clear. If we can get $1.5 million, we're moving to Tucson or we're moving to Mexico City or we're doing whatever they're going to do next. If that's it's like, we don't want to lift a finger and we're OK with with this amount. That's okay too. You don't have to do that, but you can't. You can't play the best of both worlds. You can't go. We want to be at the top of the range, and we also don't want to do anything. Right. Those folks uh, that sort of live in the past and go, well, my neighbor down the street got 1.8 in 2019. It's like, yeah, they did, and you didn't sell in 2019. You're selling now. Yeah. And so it's okay. To also say I, I don't I don't have the I don't have the bandwidth right now to do a bunch of the stuff that Don just said that's fine but as long as you lower your target a little bit on on what you think the house is going to be worth we're still going to make it clean you still want to photograph it professionally you still want it to be tidy and smell good and all of those things but you might say okay we're just going to end right there I'm going to lower my target a little bit and I'm fine with that we've had clients that do that as well that just say guys it's too much for me right now I'm willing to take a little bit less, a little bit of a haircut off the top. Yeah. And here's the other thing I'll say on, on commissions. If, if you're so, and, and, and lots of work needs to be done on lots of homes. I don't know that there's a home that we didn't work on last year that needed lot, lots of work. And when I look back at that, because something you have to do in Washington state now is talk about commissions. And I like talking about commissions. A lot of times when we talk about commissions and then we get done with the sale of the house, a lot of times when people are selling, they're like, wow, I don't feel like I paid you enough, especially on the sales side, right? So, and, and sometimes I agree with them because uh, there's a lot of work to be done on a lot of homes because we live, work, and play in these things. A lot of times we don't do the updates. Sometimes they're deferred maintenance, meaning your, your mechanical stuff is old. 
the water tank is old. The furnace is old. Some people are still on oil. Uh, the roof has issues. The gutters haven't been cleaned. We really haven't taken care of that the yard the way that we're supposed to. You don't have AC. And now we're in an environment where people want AC, they want central air, they want splits, whatever that is, they want heat pumps, and you haven't done any of that stuff. It's worth it to take the time a lot of times to go ahead and do that work. And you can get that, uh, that money out a lot of times at the end of the sale, but you have to do that work. If you try to do that on your own and you don't know subs, you're going to pay a lot more and you're going to, you're going to wait a lot more. I will have to say when we just had all these pipes bursting in Seattle, I had a lot of people calling me saying, I need a plumber. I need a plumber. I need a plumber because they were my clients. I was able to get them plumbers and the plumbers came right out. Some of them came out the same day or within 24 hours and they took care of them. If you're trying to get a plumber, you may be waiting a month right now. You may still be in line for a plumber. So the good thing about a real estate agent that does a lot of work for you and in the community, they're going to get you better pricing anyway. So they deserve their commission on, on the sales side. They really do. Here's where you can save your money, though, if you've done a lot of that work. Like I had a client recently who we came up with a list of things that needed to be done, and I had my list, and they had theirs. They ended up doing a lot of those things themselves and self-performing on that list. So we said, you know what we should do is I think there's some room in here in the price of a commission. I don't like using the word discount, but I feel like there's some room here to give you some money back and where there's really some money back because this house is so turnkey. A lot of times when you do a deal, the realtor on the other end that's on the buy end, there's a lot of negotiation that they have to do too in order to make that house work because there might be things then that they have to come in and fix because maybe you didn't fix the water heater and maybe you didn't uh, update the heater and maybe you didn't put the splits in. So they're coming in now as a buyer's agent and there's a lot of work that they need to do as well. But if the house is an expensive home, let's say it's over like $1.5 million, if you've done all that work as the seller and as a seller agent, I think there's room now on the buyer's side to take that commission and reduce that. So in this particular case, or this particular home that we're getting ready to sell, let's say it brings uh, $1.5 million. Our particular seller in commissions, because they've done such a good job at bringing this house to market as self-performing and doing their work, I think on both sides of the commission, it can be reduced a bit, and they're going to save about $22,000 on a commissions as a result of doing that. Twenty, In fact, Ron and I negotiated that with them the other day. $22,500 is about what I think they may save, let's say, if the house sells for $1.5. That's a lot of money. But for other people, they may say, you know what? I don't have time to self-perform. I don't have time to call all the contractors. I don't mind paying $20,000 more in commissions because it's worth it to me to bring the house to market. Because if you don't do that work, then maybe you end up leaving $150,000 on the table because the work didn't get done. So my point is, if your realtor is doing the work on both sides of the deal, they certainly deserve to get paid. If you're doing a lot of work and self-performing and you're just handing them a key and saying, sell this house, I've done the yard, I've cleaned everything up, everything's amazing, everything's updated, all you need to do is come in, take pictures and sell it, 
then yeah, I think you deserve a reduced commission in, in that case. What say you? Well, the interesting thing now is the the new law that went into effect on January 1. Uh, the buyer's agent is supposed to have already know this before they put an offer in on your listing, Don. So what do I mean by that? I just, I just did this uh, with a buyer. You are now supposed to take a buyer's agreement before you go out. So when you start, the, the law, the way it's written is when you start giving real estate services to a buyer, you are supposed to within a reasonable amount of time. So what the, the lawyers for the Northwest MLS say to them, their interpretation of a reasonable amount of time is before you go on like a second tour would be a reason. If you, if you've toured a property with a client before you do that second tour, that's a reasonable amount of time. You should have this contract where you say, let's go through these scenarios. Let's say that you Don fall in love with a house and the published uh, compensation on that house is 1.5%. What we are going to pre-negotiate how I'm going to get compensated as your agent. Here's the services I'm providing for you. Here are the legal protections and strategies and experience and vendors and everything else that I'm providing to you. What do you think that let's negotiate what that's worth. And if you and I came up with two and a half percent and you fall in love with a house, that's one and a half percent. I've got a piece of paper signed by you and signed by me that says you're going to pay that extra 1%. Now we could, of course could negotiate that after we find the house, but we've already talked about it. And so that, you know, and that I know when you're looking at, at listings and you see one listing that says 2.5% compensation for the buyer's agent, and you see another one that says 2%, you should already know as the buyer, we're going to be on the hook for 0.5% in cash. Cause we've already communicated with our agent. We, We've established what we believe their value is. They've articulated their value to us as buyers. And so that is a new thing. And I have to admit, if I'm honest, doing it, I did it the first time this year because the law is brand new. It was a little bit, it was strange in the sense that I hadn't done it before. So I printed out that contract. We're going on a tour and I said, hey guys, I'm required by the state now to give you this contract. Let me explain to you your options and your rights as an informed consumer. Let me explain to you the services that I'm going to provide to you and why I am worth the amount of money that, that is on this contract. And so I had that conversation and these clients were on board with that and they understood it. But they had some questions and we could have negotiated it. That was the entire point. There's going to be a lot of old school agents that do not want to do that. They're going to wait till after they're in contract and they're going to bellyache to their coworkers or to their designated broker that their commission wasn't what they thought it was. And they have no one to blame but themselves to look in the mirror and go, you could have had that contract in place prior to the showing that would have had your compensation on it. Yeah. And, and, and I have to say, we're, we're buyer's agents. I see buyer's agents in open houses that are with their clients, they're engaged, they're giving opinion, they're, they're looking at systems, they're looking at the neighborhood, they have a good understanding, they're doing what they're supposed to do. I've had other buyer's agents that will just send out their clients and just go say, find something you like, and then when you like it, give me a call, I'm up in Sun Valley and I'll write it up from up here. So... I, I don't know that there's a lot of people in sales that can get away with that, right? 
Can, can a car salesman who's selling a car not be on the lot, not go on a test drive, not be part of, uh, of that transaction, not be part of the follow-up, not be part of, of the service? This is what we offer to bumper to bumper and just be off skiing somewhere and write the contract up. I, I don't know that it works that way. So I think that this is an actual good thing for real estate because there are a lot of great agents out there, you guys. It is very hard. It is a lot of work to bring a house to market. It is a lot of work. Sometimes you're not paying that agent enough. On the other side, I know people that have gone out on the buyer's side, and they have shown people over 100 houses. I know when I was looking at houses with my real estate agent, I looked at over 118 houses. She deserved any every penny she got. And she should have got paid more because I wanted to see house after house. Every she time should have we got on, hazard pay. Yeah. Every time we went on, and it was over a six month period. Every time I went on a tour, I wanted to see six or seven houses. So, so there are a lot of agents out there that are doing great work. And now they just have to show you the great work and, and have a conversation about you, about that with you. I don't think that that should be awkward. I think our businesses needed that. And, and I welcome that. So make sure you're having that conversation. If we're people with us, or that you're having your conversation uh, with your people, all right? Anyway, if you need us, you uh, just reach out. Yeah, ronadonsitdown.com is the website. If you want that buyer's playbook or seller's playbook, we can get that out to you. Let's start the conversation now. Uh, if you anticipate you're, you're going through a transition this year, you're going to retire, you're having a baby, you want to move, uh, maybe you, uh, someone's having health problems in your family and you recognize that there's going to be a change this year, let's start that conversation now. You can even email me directly, ron at ronandon.com. Yeah. And don't forget, we've helped people in Wenatchee. We've helped people in Everett. We've helped people down in the South Sound and places like Gig Harbor over in Bremerton. If you need us, just reach out. If you have a real estate question, reach out. We have some people sometimes that are stuck in properties and they want, they just want good ideas. We had a client earlier this year in Leavenworth that felt stuck in a property and we're like, hey, we think your real estate agent is actually doing a pretty good job. Stay with them. But here are some things that we would do. Uh, the next thing you know, magically within the next couple of weeks, that property, which had been on for months, uh, ended up selling. So I like to give, uh, I like to give ourselves a lot of credit for that. <laughs> I don't know if we did anything. Did we, Jamie? Who's probably listening right now? Did we do anything? Hey, you guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Rod and Don Show. We do appreciate you. If you need us, just reach out, ronandonsitdown.com. If you want one of our buyer, buyer's playbooks or seller playbooks, we're glad to send that to you. You can just write Ron, Ron at ronandon.com, and we'd love to sit down with, with you today. Also, don't forget, stop by Les Schwab Tire Center uh, anytime this spring. The spring tire sale will be going on real soon, and you want to make sure you're ready to hit the, hit the road this spring and summer with Les Schwab. If you need a loan, ronmitch.loans, he can help, right? Yeah, mitch.loans. Give him a call. Tell him Ron and Don sent you. Yeah. All right. Hey, in the meantime, you keep your head up, your shoulders back. We'll see you real soon. You've been listening to the Ron and Don Show all day on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and keep blowing that trumpet and we'll see you next time. Only. 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 Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. We'll